Episode 67, it's all about television. We're filling in for the architects over the summer. They'll be back sometime in February, is my understanding. I also want to say thanks to Jacinta for the last three hours of exit music. Fantastic three hours, and she'll be back next week. Unfortunately, she played a couple of tracks that I was going to chuck in the show tonight, but uh, that's okay. She can have them. <laughs> I think uh, I think I, as she uh, left, she said, suck shit, Brett. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, you've already heard Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Uh, yeah, so suck shit. I think that's that's what it comes down to. Box Cutters is all about television. All as, about television. As I mentioned earlier, and uh, it's a drought. It's a television drought at the moment. Well, it's still the same amount of television on. Well, yeah, the same number of hours. Mm. But as far as watchable television goes, these, these two weeks, these Brett's, Christmas... Brett's creaking at the very thought of it. These Christmas <laughs> New Year weeks are just the absolute worst. I didn't watch the New Year's Eve uh, telecast. The, the controversial. <gasps> did, did you hear about the complaints of it? But, but I've heard people have just hated it. It was like watching the test pattern I read. No, no. Sex. Sex. What? Channel 10 have screwed up the Sydney fireworks. That's what the, the people are saying. And uh, it wasn't uh, appropriate for the kiddies at home. And uh, Channel 10 were saying that they were actually targeting their demographic, but their demographic were actually all out partying New Year's Eve. Right. And the article I read said a uh, radio station in Sydney, 2UE, received up to 10 complaints an hour. Why are they ringing 2UE? <laughs> Ring Channel 10. Complain <laughs> no. to the people who are causing the problem. No, no, no John Laws actually... needs to do something about it. And they're putting them to air on 2UE. Channel 10 won't put them to air. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Coming up later on in the show, we've got some old segments coming back, rearing their heads. Yes, old segments for those who have just joined us in the last four weeks. Yeah, well, you know, some people know and some people don't know. People won't know what I Don't Buy It's about. It's about advertising. It's about the ads we see on telly. We've also got some crap TV, which is about networks doing things badly. We've got some Ray Watch. I think you can work that one out on your own. Clever clever play on uh, on on, on Media Watch. Baywatch. Baywatch, Raywatch, Ray Martin. When, when, this goes back to when he was hosting a current affair. Television Ray. Brett came up with the, uh, with the title and now he gets to discuss his thesis of the... Well, then Ray Martin screwed it all up for me because he left. <laughs> We're also going to talk about The Apprentice and some television websites. We're going to also have some letters to box cutters that we've received over the past few weeks. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. Big, exciting local news this week with the Herald Sun reporting that chief CEO of Channel 9... He's the chief CEO. He's the chief CEO. (laughs) Not just any old CEO. Well, I thought I'd I'd throw that in for you, Brett, because you're always saying... He's the chief chief executive officer. you're, You're always saying that he's a puppet. So I thought maybe if we said he was chief CEO, you'd get the idea that he's actually in charge. No, I don't think he is. Oh. It's, anyway. Eddie McGuire, who's being controlled by CVC, 
is uh, is returning to television in a remake of The Muppets. <laughs> no, he's uh, is returning to television as host of brand new game show One Versus One Hundred. Brand new to this country, of course, it's been going on in the US with uh, William Shatner. No, 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 that's the other one. Uh, William Shatner was doing Show Me the Money. Who's hosting? Which in the has States? been axed. Who's which, hosting in the states? Uh, Bob, Bob Saget. Oh, really? Really? Bob Saget. Bob host. Saget. Yep. I, I take it you guys haven't seen any of the US version. It's it's, no. it's basically, you know, if you've got a video game uh, that you quite enjoy playing and then a sequel comes out and it's much the same game just with a bit more razzmatazz. Yes. That's pretty much what it is. This is Millionaire 2. It's just basically who wants to be a millionaire with, with, with a few kind of... With kind or is of a, it spit and polish? Or is it a millionaire deal or no deal kind of crossover? Because you've got that many people kind of up there with their briefcases. It, it's 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 very much... I, I found... I watched I watched the first episode this afternoon and I found it was very much kind of who wants to be a millionaire. What basically But the happens, audience are actually playing. Well, tell us the rules. Let him tell us the rules. There's, there's one person who's the contestant and he is against 100 people who are called the mob. And they're, they're meant to be a group of people from all walks of life. And basically what happens is he gets asked a series of questions, which get harder as they go along. They're uh, multiple choice questions. So mm-hmm. he has, you know, the choice of A, B, C. Just say a question's worth $1,000. Yes. He gets it right. Ten members of the mob get it wrong. He gets $1,000 for every member of the mob that got it wrong. So he then gets $10,000 chooses whether he plays on for the next question. So right. each question is progressively worth more, worth more money and presumably you'll get rid of more of the mob each time. Oh, so the, mm-hmm. the, the mob who get the, the members of the mob who get it wrong, yes. they're out of it. They're out of it. That's it. So so you end up so so you pretty much end up with uh, the person being asked the questions and the smartest people from the mob. So as it goes on, it does get harder. So the mob, the mob obviously know more, and they had uh, you know a, a former Jeopardy champion as part of the mob, and you know it, it, they'll obviously be there for a while. So up at the end, you're going against presumably the very smart people. But is it long and drawn out the same way Millionaire is? No, I I, I have to admit to watching it at double speed, <laughs> but. Despite this, it still it still was a lot quicker than the millionaire. Okay, they they got through a lot more questions. They didn't have the protracted Eddie. We'll find out after the break. Eddie, yeah, Eddie drawing it out. They they did do a bit of we'll find out after the break, but it it did seem to flow a lot quicker. Okay. So so why would they need Eddie to come back to to our screens rather than say somebody like Jules Lund to host? Well. One well, versus a hundred. Jules Lund, notwithstanding, <laughs> I, I fail to believe that there's not. Somebody else in this country with some sort of talent who could who could run this show. But what like, has it? They they conducted an exhaustive search I, I just, around I, the country. I just, it was almost like a, a non televised Australian Idol for right, a host. Here's the th- here's the thing with their exhaustive search. They already did their exhaustive search for millionaire Katie Fisher. They <laughs> shut up. They already did their exhaustive search for millionaire. Mm-hmm. So they already would know pretty much who they could and couldn't have as a host of a millionaire-style quiz show. And there are lots of people out there who could do this just as well as Eddie. I mean, he, he is... Well, Aussie Ostrich. He is one of, you know, one of the best presenters uh, around at the moment. But he's what? not... 
But he's not the only one who's there. That's it. That's it. He's, he, there's no way that he's the only one. And w- what, we've only got one talented person in the entire country. So he has to be president of a football club whilst running a network, whilst also being the major face of that network. I just, I think it's ridiculous. There's, there's got to be other people. My theory... Joe Stanley's not doing anything at the moment. <laughs> but they want the show to succeed. And I think that's, that's where that falls down. My theory is that he, uh, he, he knows that he needs to cut costs and that to hire anyone to host this show would cost a lot of money. So yeah. he's foregoing his own fee. This is, my, this is entirely my own theory. He also knows. He also knows he's going to need to get back into the TV once he loses the CEO job. <laughs> <sighs> but um, it was interesting, uh, the article that I was reading about this very story uh, said that Nine has officially put Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on ice. And I thought maybe they were putting <laughs> ice dancers and millionaire together. No, well, he can't host both shows at once. No. <laughs> and he's already said he's not coming back to, to millionaire. So it, It'll be interesting to see what happens with it. Yeah. Brett Cropley... The ABC has appointed a new executive producer for the uh, little snippet show. Goes for about fifteen minutes. BD Watch, uh, little Never show. Never heard of it. Never heard. Little of it. show. Big controversy. Uh, the new producer is correspondent uh, who's worked for the ABC for some time uh, from the Middle East and Southeast Asia, called Tim Palmer. Uh, Palmer has been confirmed as EP, and uh, he's also he's said that he's had no writing instructions from uh, from the new ABC head, Mark Scott. Mark Scott. Did he come out and say, "I am not a censor"? And is this going to happen no, no, every time they is, appoint somebody? This at... isn't the censor. This is this is a job. I know. I know. That. But he didn't come out and say he's not a censor either. No. You can't I, tell me the new EP of I thought everyone who was media working for Watch. the ABC now had to come out yeah. and say, I'm not going to be a censor for the ABC, but <laughs> I will put down strict guidelines that everyone needs to adhere to and I will cut segments. No. No, not at all. <laughs> no? Yeah, however, he did confirm that Monica Attard would continue as host. Oh. Well, you know. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't uh, mention anything about Jared Henderson or Andrew Bolt joining the show. Brett, have you come around to Monica Attard? Because you hated More her More so first. than the first couple of episodes, yeah. Yeah, I, actually, I think her attitude actually changed on screen. I think I think she's quite good. But do you, or did you, she's did no you, Liz Jackson? Did you just get used to her? I think she changed. Okay. Yep. Uh, there, there is there's controversy over the uh, over his appointment as well. Uh, over what was his name? Tim Palmer. Mm-hmm. Over Tim Palmer's appointment because he has tended in the past to side with the very left wing uh, media organisations, left wing anti Western media organisations and correspondents that uh, have been the criticism of, of Media Watch. So uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he, he does kind of toe the management line or whether he just goes, right, well, screw them. I'm going to do what I want. He has also been uh, the subject of a Media Watch in the past uh, when he uh, got targeted by Stuart Littlemore, who was the first host, um, over referring to a couple of injured policemen disrespectfully by their surnames. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a tiny you know, thing. He's, he's been on the he's been on the receiving end. He should know. It, it gives him a well-rounded kind of perspective to come to the the position. The ABC is just under such a microscope now at the moment for all this thing. I mean, Media Watch probably just needed a new EP. 
you know, if all the controversy hadn't been there, they probably still would have needed a new EP. I just, you know, it's just everybody's examining every move the ABC makes very closely, looking for censorship and looking for, you know, conflicts of interest and all that kind of stuff. Well, let's lighten it up a bit then. Okay. Because, you know, sure, we won't give it any more airtime. That's what you're saying, Ross, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. Should we, should we ban it? Let's ban it. <laughs> We're banning Media Watch. That's, you can't do that. That's the third thing it's banned. It's a weekly thing. <laughs> banned. No. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin should maybe be banned. Alec Baldwin stars in the US sitcom 30 Rock. Which will be coming to Channel 9 screens? I believe so. In, in, in this year? Uh, it's, uh, it's essentially a, a sitcom that is based around a Saturday Night Live type show. Much like Studio 60 is, but it's a half-hour sitcom. Which is another one that's coming to Channel 7, I Channel believe. Channel 9. Channel 9. Oh, it's tonight. Yeah, okay. Studio 60 is on Channel 9. Yeah, but from Aaron Sorkin, writer of The West Wing. Yes. Well, in Al- the early seasons. Alec Baldwin has been uh, calling people up and wishing them happy holidays and the best over the new year and please watch my show, 30 Rock. I can really imagine Alec Baldwin... Kind of going the desperate act like that on the phone, personally ringing up all his buddies and saying, "Oh my God, please watch my show." So, was this, was this some kind of telepan handling? It, it, it was telepan handling. They had a, a recorded message by Alec Baldwin. People would go onto the Thirty Rock website and put in the phone numbers of their quote friends. Oh. I would guess. Ooh, can I get the phone numbers of oh. all the people I hate? I didn't realise it was and, open to the public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And so, hundreds of thousands of people have received calls from Alec Baldwin, leaving them voicemail messages saying, "Please watch my show, Thirty Rock." You know, uh, and that it was could... a recorded message. It was a recorded message. He wasn't ringing them all individually. You know what? The article says it was a recorded message, but <laughs> I think he's had nothing to do over the hiatus. I think he's just been going through the phone book, putting in people's <laughs> random people's numbers in the the website. Um, but uh, it may well blow up in their faces, a bit like in the States, uh, the promotional campaign for My Name is Earl, where they were putting in inserts in magazines with ads there. With You open up the page and, like a, a singing Christmas card, it would say, My Name is Earl, watch me. Well, that's, that's the other thing. I'm not going to watch a show just because Alec Baldwin told me to. I'll watch a show because Ross told me to. I would not or... watch a show because Alec Baldwin told me to. <laughs> I don't know what his tastes in television are like. I know that in 30 Rock he is very good uh, and probably the only good thing in, in that entire show. But well, it, You, you it may does, think he's very good in 30 Rock. It does stink of desperation. This is opinion here. It does stink of desperation. Well, what else do we have on this show? <laughs> it's all just opinion. It's opinion about television. <laughs> Brett, uh, one more item from you and then that's it for the news. Uh, the image of the late crocodile hunter Steve Irwin is to be immortalised with an action figure that'll uh, spout catchphrases such as Crikey! Crikey! And what a beauty! <laughs> and um, that, uh, and uh, ouch! Is that... <laughs> Is no, that, was that, too is that soon. wrong? It's too, too soon. soon. Oh. Too soon. It's too soon. Um, I, I find this a little bit spurious because I actually have at home uh, a... Obviously, it, it's bigger than an action figure, kind of G.I. Joe standard kind of thing. But you squeeze his chest and he says stuff like, Crikey, and Whoa, she's a beauty, and ouch. Brett, your, your blow-up love dolls... It's not just, a blow-up love doll. Just because you dress them in khaki... It's... It's it's about fourteen inches in height, and he's still in his box. And I got it I got it uh, five years ago. Yeah, but did it come with a detachable stingray chest piece? No, and nor does the action figure. Are you going I think to, it does. Are you, still too soon. I too think. soon. Still, ah, too soon. still. The, wait ten minutes. I think. The uh, are, are you going to take a photo of it? Put it up on boxcutters.net? I shall do that. Okay, and that's it for the boxcutters news.
Are you one of those that follows the ads? Follows, 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 follows the ads? Now I can talk as much as I want. Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. I Don't Buy It is all about the ads we see on television. It is indeed summer, time of sun, fun outdoors, cricket, and unfortunately more and more crap KFC ads every year. They can't get any crapper than the West Indies team just taking random breaks during a (laughs) test match to to eat KFC. How about last year where they had the, uh, the cricketers box? which they were promoting as one of their meal deals. For those of you who don't get that, the, the box... For those of you who like your chicken extra salty. <laughs> the box is the uh, groin protector, of course. So that's that's absolutely hilarious if you're a 12-year-old boy. Or, or, or a 32-year-old man. <laughs> anyway, this year, this year all their ads are revolving around uh, some beach cricket that's going on. And in one of them, a hero's batting and he smashes the ball far off the beach into the car park behind... And one of the tired fielders kind of has to go after it. I'll get it. Next ball does exactly the same thing. And a different, uh, a different fielder has to kind of run after it. I'll get it. And clearly this guy is ruining the game of cricket with his flagrant big hitting. All this running makes me want chicken. The, the third time he does it, the bowler gets an idea. And she kind of gives a knowing wink and a nudge to, to her two cohorts. And she says, we'll get it. And they run out into the car park, jump into their car drive to KFC, luckily this is edited down through the magic of television, <laughs> grab themselves... In, in a Benny, Benny Hill kind of way with Yankee <laughs> sacks underneath. No. Grab themselves a uh, whatever crap meal KFC is trying to make people buy at the moment. Then they come back, and by this stage it's obviously been quite a while, and the batter's still waiting for the game to continue. So he's kind of in ankle-deep water now. And the three of them come back from the beach looking, uh, come back from the car park looking very pleased with themselves. And the the batter says, did you get it? Oh, we got it, says the girl and hands him the food, the packaging of the food. And he opens the box and the tennis ball's inside. And he kind of looks at them. Oh, I get it. What? So I'm glad he gets it, because I have no idea what they're talking about. So KFC are selling tennis balls in their packaging. <laughs> the other one has a uh, has the same, the same people who went to KFC sitting on the beach, and uh, one of them is discussing in very overly uh, floral descriptions each of the shots that the batsman's playing. You know, oh, brilliant hook, he pulled his head around perfectly, and the face of the bat was sublime all that kind of stuff yep. and the girl turns the tables on him by describing the kfc meal in equally flowery terms i just I... ridiculously crap ads and uh i just think they like so much advertising i think they just came up with half an idea you know oh this guy's playing cricket and he keeps hitting the ball away so they go to kfc we'll think up the rest later kfc i I'm pretty sure have something that is maybe called like a six-piece meal. Right. Couldn't they use the word six and hey, tie that in with there cricket? There you go. There that's, you go. That's a natural line to draw. Yeah. Four-piece meal, six-piece meal. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't make sense. No. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Here's some Angelo Badalamenti from uh, the soundtrack to Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. You're listening to the box cutters. It's twenty past seven. Triple R. 
the longest fade out in history <laughs> with the theme from Twin Peaks. What uh, television show is that from, Ross? Twin Peaks. Right. And I, I have to apologise to our listeners because apparently we're not supposed to play any TV show themes. No, that's... Uh, and that, that, of course, is the theme. But it is also pretty much the, the best song on, on that album. It is. On the, on it is. And I wanted to remind people of Twin Peaks. Maybe think back to what they were doing in the late 80s. Listen to a bit of Twin Peaks. 1989, it was, it was such a, a boost for, for television at the time. It, it was amazing. You are listening to Box Cutters on 3 Triple R. The time is 25 minutes past 7 o'clock. Josh Canal, Ross McQueen and Brett Cropley taking you through until 8 o'clock. Ah, ah, ah. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this Box show. Daniel Boxcutter got in touch with us mm-hmm. during the week. and Danbo. Danbo. Actually, during the week. Today, not Danbo. Oh. Daniel Boxcutter. <laughs> Dabo. No. Danny no. Bo. He said... <laughs> oh, Danny Bo. He said very specifically... <laughs> the pipes, the in pipes his, are cold. You are... What is... He's on drugs. He is, he is actually on drugs this week. It is true. Uh, no, Daniel Boxcutter... Uh, Wanted to watch Outrageous Fortune last night. Now, we were talking about Outrageous Fortune last week. This is the New Zealand show that Channel 9 are showing as part of their Australian on-air content. I went to do that. Right. Yes. And uh, you you would have also found then, Brett, that Nip Tuck was running late. And instead of showing Outrageous Fortune, Channel 9... The brilliant comic stylings. Of Frasier. Oh, yeah, I noticed Fraser was on, and I didn't think it had been in the guide. You know was he speaking with you, a New Zealand accent? <laughs> you know whose fault it was? It was Warney's fault. Oh, because of the Warney farewell. The tribute oh. to Warney. Did was... you see that? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fortunately, I haven't looked I... through it yet, but it was pretty <laughs> shocking. So you, so you taped it? I, I taped it on my brand new digital uh, DVD hard drive recorder. And interestingly, because now I can watch everything in widescreen, there was actually a hand pushing the second announcer onto the screen at the SCG, which they did the kind of anchoring from. No. Yes. No, they did a, <laughs> yes. they did a, a hand scan pan thing. <laughs> they had to push him in. That's terrible. Wow, that's, that's even crapper TV than we thought. <laughs> you are listening to Box Cutters. Hello and welcome to Today Tonight. Soap and water. Hello and I'm Naomi Robson. Swearing. And uh, language warning for that previous uh, segment intro. This is Ray Watch. This is Ray Watch, where we watch Ray. And others. Keep an eye on him. Keep an eye on all those tabloid current affairs presenters. Uh, And of course... Given that, uh, given that we've changed over uh, presenters on today tonight, our intro is now redundant. Also, along with the name of the segment, I don't think the intro will ever be redundant. No, no. We're always going to remember Naomi. She's going to be dancing for us this year. Yes, she is. I had a look at uh, a current affair on uh, the twenty ninth. That was on a Friday night. Um, Are you a regular current affair viewer? Definitely not. Definitely, this is this is the bullet that I take for this program. <laughs> I can tell you, listeners. Layla McKinnon's uh, hosting the show over the summer. Who? Sorry? Layla McKinnon. Okay. Um, who? Who? I, I guess there's something about the Channel 9 funding cuts or something, but uh, 
they, they don't have a desk for her to sit at, so she has to do the whole thing standing up in front of a big screen. They had to cut up the it's desk real- to put into the furnace th- to make Channel 9 go. I think so. And at the end, there was no tapping the papers on, on the desk. She just walked off set. <laughs> Apparently, in the first episode, she tried to do that, but it was just disastrous no, with no desk. Um, it also seems they're having trouble uh, selling advertising for the slot, I assume, because uh, from from the end of the news... There, it's 22 minutes of full show without any ad breaks. 22 minutes of a current affair before they actually have an advertiser really? coming in. Yes, 22 minutes. What, what's, what is going on there? Was, was it 22 minutes of very important things? No. Are you going to tell us no, what was on the show? Just regular current affairs stuff. You, you weren't skipping no, accidentally with your, the whole with, thing. with your new toy. Not oh, at look, all. I could skip the ads. That's funny. There were no ads. <laughs> Not at all. But so, uh, you know you know what the hard-hitting current affairs story was on Friday night? What was it? Botox for blokes. They're talking about tradies, talking about your hard men getting Botox, getting jabbed with the needle with the uh, botulism toxin <laughs> so that uh, they can uh, apparently... There's, there's no uh, way you can say botulism toxin and have it sound cool, is there? Well, if you say Botox, apparently it is cool. <laughs> and these guys that they were talking to were definitely saying Botox is cool. And uh, it, all it is is you get a little shot to rid you of wrinkles. Right. They're gone. Ridded. Right. Could they, no more wrinkles. Could these tradies not maybe invest in some suspenders to hold their pants up instead? Wouldn't that be a better, better, better spend of their money? What I don't get it. Why? Why are they doing that? Why are they telling us that on television? Well, the, the, you know, the pretty boy who was who was doing the 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 cell and looked like he'd been working out in the gym and was was saying, oh, how, how great it is not have, not to have wrinkles or to be able to express emotions with their face. Uh, was saying it's just like drying your hair or clipping your nails. You know, you go in every six months and you get a, a rejig of Botox and and no more wrinkles. Um, I, 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 think do, I do both dry my hair and clip my nails more often than once every six months. <laughs> I think this is just more disgraceful media pressure uh, for, for the average Joe man in the street to get into cosmetic surgery. I mean, they've been doing it with women in, and advertising in fashion magazines for years and years, and they're just trying to get the entire population hooked into this crap. I, I thought that this was going to end with... Uh, when we stopped seeing... Uh, Gays making up a straight. What was that show called? Uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Queer Guy. Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Uh, so I actually wasn't far off. No, no, no. Pretty close. Uh, the, uh, I thought when that stopped being on our screens, we were going to see the end of this whole ooh, metrosexual thing. And clearly not. Clearly mm. they're, they're still trying to... But also these things on, on A Current Affair, they're just ads. Mm-hmm. Masquerading. Mm-hmm. It's not current affairs. Is, is, it's not journalism. Is this? Are these fresh stories on a current affair? Does anybody know? I don't. I don't watch the current affair. Are they affair. The, the best of the no. year? I think, it's, I think it's summer. A current affair because they had the they had a story on the other night which I'd seen ads for just a few weeks earlier. You know, most annoying ringtone. Right. No, no, no. It's it's just that they keep on doing the same stories <laughs> over and over and over again. They weren't saying it was the best of a current affair. Uh, the next edition was on New Year's night, and okay. they actually had somebody in amongst the crowd uh, around the Harbour Bridge on New Year's Eve. And Channel 7 were probably having a lend of them, probably said, oh, let the word slip to a current affair that we're doing another story on wacky ringtones. <laughs> Channel 9 thought, oh, crap, we have to reel it out again. <sighs> it's not current affairs. No, no, it's not. I... 
I'm over it. But it is 26 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. You're on Triple R with Box Cutters. Here's a bit of Iggy Pop. You listen to Box Cutters on 102.73 Triple R. Filling in for the architects over summer. That was the fantastic Iggy and the Stooges with Search and Destroy from album of same name. TV reference? That was played recently in an episode of Friday Night Lights, which is a show I've been watching via the internet from the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent show that we've uh, discussed on this show a, a number of times, and I think one of the standout dramas of the year, easily. Still haven't heard if it's got picked up by any of the other net- uh, any networks here. So No, and it, it's, it, it would be a shame, although it would not rate at all. So I, can't, mm-hmm. I want them to show it because I want people to see what a great show it is. But I also know that if they do show it, people are going to go, well, why am I going to watch a show about American football and then not? But it is really one of the best dramas I've, I've seen in a long time. That's uh, Friday Night Lights and the song we heard, Search and Destroy by Iggy and the Stooges. As I said before, you're listening to Box Cutters. Triple this is Marie Cardi, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness, box cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it. <laughs> One of your favourite topics, Ross McQueen. Yes, The Apprentice, season five, I think it was, wrapped up in Australia. It, it aired in the US quite a while ago, but it wrapped up in Australia. Oh, I think it ended up finishing on Wednesday morning or Tuesday. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I'm this not sure who I'm else... Ne- that's why I never watched it, because I could never find it. Yeah, I'm not sure how many of us there were chasing it around Channel 9 scheduling. It, I, it seemed to be all over the place. I did actually bump into the uh, the final show uh, there and, and just had no interest at all, and so I switched off. But it looked like uh, the people that had been voted out had a ju- were the jury. No, was that what no. was going on? No, they were, they were just there. They were for, just saying they're, they're, what they thought of each of them. They're just there for the finale, but they don't, they don't get a say in it at all. Uh, but I do actually want to talk about the finale. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, The Apprentice is a reality-based show which, in which two teams go at each other doing a number of corporate tasks uh, with the overall goal to be a job somewhere in the Trump organisation. So working with Donald Trump. Well, supposedly, but... But yeah, yeah. And, and what the show kind of proves unequivocally each series is that talent really doesn't travel because these people are all young, very, very talented, very, very successful. And week after week, we watch them do these tasks and completely balls them up, like just do an absolutely terrible job, which if they're out in the real world, they, they just wouldn't get away with. They'd get fired for straight away. Uh, but fortunately for them, They've got a 50-50 chance of getting through because they're up against another team of equally skilled, talented, but ultimately inept people who have the same problems and who screw up their tasks just as often or as not even more than the first team screwed up their tasks. So they've got a chance of, of getting through. And the thing with The Apprentice is that the good people always go very early. They never, the good people never actually get through because the good people are the ones who week after week put their hand up and try and do something. Uh, so one week they'll be very successful, but the next week they won't be successful and all of the blame will be pushed onto those people. The people who are successful are the ones who are good at blaming others for their mistakes. They get through very well. In uh, So, I mean, your MO... So it's Battle of the Weasels. Pretty much. Your MO, if you're on The Apprentice, is stand back, say nothing wait until there's a decision that you disagree with and then say, oh, I don't agree with that and uh, make it known that you disagree. 
then when you go into the boardroom, ah, oh, I didn't agree with that decision. So some, you should fire that person. Some ninja skills with backstabbing. Yeah. Right. Yep. So basically, it's it's all about the tasks. The tasks are very important in the Apprentice, and that's that's what the show is all about: winning versus losing. The two teams try and if they're trying to raise money for, you know, some sort of charity or whatever, one team might raise a hundred dollars and one team might raise ninety five dollars. The team that raised the hundred dollars, they're a success. They're fantastic. Everything's great. The team that raised ninety five dollars, which is pretty close. They're losers and they have to go to the boardroom and have to get fired by Donald Trump. So that, that's basically what the show is all about. And they but, all build but the, up. These are the harsh realities of the business world. Yes. Yeah. 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 And they, it all builds up to these mega challenges that they have. The final tasks, which is usually organisation of a huge event, uh, generally a charity sport event or a rock concert or something like that. Sometimes featuring Jessica Simpson. Sometimes. This, this, this time it featured the bare naked ladies. Right. Uh, so it, it's it's always really exciting when you get up to this point because they're basically they're taken out of their little oh we're a corporation bubble and they stop just competing against the other team in a in a in a place that doesn't matter. They actually they're put out in the real world, have to deal with real people and real corporations, and time after time they get hammered because they don't know what they're doing, and the real people you know they'll suggest something and real people go no that's just shit we're not doing that. Yep. Uh, so the whole the whole series kind of builds up to these last two tasks, and they devote the entire, pretty much the entire last two episodes towards these tasks. And so I was watching, I was watching the second last episode, and one of the contestants, Lee, had picked a really bad team of other con- of other former apprentices to be on his team, and you're thinking, oh, that'll probably work against him. But then the other player, Sean, he had a good team, but then one of his team members got sick, so you're thinking, oh, he's gone, he's had four people on his team, and now he's got three. And it kind of goes on like this, and they have intercut bits with the finale, and they keep cutting back and showing more and more of this task, and they have Trump just kind of yelling because he doesn't really realise that he's he's got a microphone on him. <laughs> he doesn't really uh, know how to present a camera. He's saying, you know, so he's just yelling, saying, we're going to another bit of the task. And they keep showing more and more and more of this task. You know, and one of them, the celebrities were getting pissed off. Uh, and you're thinking, oh, I wonder what Jamie Presley will have to say about Lee's organisational skills at the end. <laughs> and in the other, but then again, in the other task, they forgot to put up any Pontiac signage. So you're watching going, oh, Pontiac's not going to be happy. I wonder what they're going to say about it. And you're watching and weighing up and going, they were good, but oh, that was good, that was good. Can I, Just hold on a sec. Just hold on a sec. Wait. We got to the end. And I'm thinking, oh, this is so exciting. I wonder who the winner's going to be. And uh, Trump gets up there in front of the two contestants. And just kind of says, well, there can only be one winner, and it's Sean. <laughs> really? And that was it. No discussion. No discussion of the task. They didn't even mention the task, and it was almost as though the whole finale had just gone too long. Trump, <laughs> Trump had just lost interest. Uh, the winner is you. Let's all go home. <laughs> what's, what's, you, what's your name? Yeah, you'll do. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh. It's kind of like how, uh, how Homer got the job in... Uh, as being the monorail conductor. Clearly, you have stand out, <laughs> stood out amongst everybody else with a general hand gesture. <laughs> like, it's, it, it, was, it was very disappointing. I, I, I needed closure on these final tasks. So, it's, it's, it, 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 That pretty much sums up the whole of The Apprentice for me these days, though. It, yeah. was, it was, you know, edgy back in its day, but it's gone on four seasons too long. They, they, now it's just unlike, a shaggy dog. Unlike Survivor, where they've got a, a really tight and 
firm idea of what to do with their finale. They, they just have no idea with the Apprentice finale. It's just kind of a mess of everything. And like I said, Pontiac's one of the main sponsors. And so it ends every series with the winner being crowned or being trumped or whatever you want to call it. And to celebrate, before they can thank anybody, they get whisked into an elevator, shot down to the bottom of the building, get into a car and just drive around the streets. Yeah. Going, whoa, I want the Apprentice. I've got a new car. <laughs> It's a bit all over the place. Yeah. It's really not much more than the new price is right. <laughs> Man, there's some really bad radio shows on, but you know they're really, really bad when they have to be a podcast that, like, absolutely no, not even the shittiest community radio station in the world can play them, and they have to do a podcast. Helen? Oh, hi, I'm John Safran, and you're listening to Box Cutters. It's a podcast where all the winners are. <laughs> do, you, do you mean it's the new Price is Right, or do you mean it's the new New Price is Right? The Ian Turpy New Price is Right. But can I just say, John Safran, in your face. We've said that before on air as well. <laughs> we yeah, we have. We have, but, you know, in your face again, Safran. I want to talk about websites uh, that are about television. Mm. Because I, you know, have to do a lot of research for this show. It doesn't show. Are there actually <laughs> websites out there about TV? There, there are, well, more than just boxcutters.net. God, I've got to and get online. If you, if you, know, if you know of any uh, that I, I don't mention, uh, feel free to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. And we should also say that uh, we have a, a very dynamic blog that happens at boxcutters.net that uh, we invite all our listeners to contribute to if they don't get on the phones during the show on 93881027. And let's face it, it's not much point getting on the phones because we don't answer them. <laughs> very true. Have I mentioned that I want to talk about websites on That's television? That's true. Uh, the first one is, uh, is it's just very simply called By Ken Levine. Ken Levine is a... B-U-Y? B-Y. B-Y. By Ken Levine. B-I. You'll find it at... See, now you're just confusing people. You'll find it at kenlevine.blogspot.com. Ken Levine was, or is, a writer, director, producer. Uh, he's written for MASH, Cheers, Frasier, The Simpsons. He, uh, he actually wrote the Dancing Homer episode of The Simpsons, uh, as well as wings and uh and, and and ross you'll be upset to, to know he's also the creator of almost perfect but but his blog is his blog is very good he has a lot of uh, tips for young players he, he does talk about uh, a lot of his adventures in the television industry and uh and how he goes about things on a day-to-day basis there's some fluff there but if you if you kind of troll through it you'll find some excellent bits about how television works and putting it all together which, you know, I think is definitely worth checking out. Uh, another one, also by a, a creator of television, it's called Beaming Beeman, which you'll find at gregbeeman.blogspot.com. I will put all of these links up on the boxcutters.net website. On our blog. On our blog. Uh, Greg Beeman is one of the two directors of Heroes, which is pretty much the, uh, the, the standout show as far as ratings goes and excitement goes from uh, this year's fall season from the United States. Uh, Already being promoted very heavily on Channel 7. Yeah, and it, it's going to do huge things for Channel 7, I reckon. It, it is such a great show. He goes through, he started this blog when he started directing his first episode of Heroes mm-hmm. and goes through talking about the difficulties he, he encounters working within such a strict budget but having to make it look like such a huge budget. Uh, he talks about how they get bits of Los Angeles to look like Japan and uh, and all the all the very technical aspects of 
what goes into making every specific episode, how he deals with the lighting, how he deals with everything that mm-hmm. goes on. And you'd think, well, someone crapping on like that for for all that long could get a little bit boring, but he, he has this way of writing that just makes it quite fascinating, I found. Uh, and the last one is called The Venice Project. Mm-hmm. The Venice Project is from the creators of Skype, which is a voice over internet protocol uh, client. So we've got engineers talking about TV. Well, they're not talking about TV. They're making a new way of watching TV. Okay. They you, you don't use your eyes. Well, no, you, you do use your eyes, but they're going to use internet protocol for watching television. This is this is what they write on their website. What is the Venice Project? It's a new venture that combines the best elements of TV experience with the most powerful internet technologies in a way that will redefine the way people think about television. It is not a file-sharing application or a video download service. So it's not YouTube and it's not BitTorrents and it's not Kazaa. Uh, it's not Google Video. It's something completely different and new. Is it working? No, they're, they're building it at the moment. Could I, this, this sounds like vaporware. It sounds like, it sounds like the, the promise of Adam's platform, which was this miraculous uh, codec that, that you could get full broadcast quality uh, video through a regular phone line, kind of a, a 56K modem that just never happened. Sold lots of shares. And it got proven that, that the demos were actually made up. I don't know, Brett. You, you have to remember, these are the guys who produced the best voiceover internet protocol. Yeah, Skype's easy. Skype's just no, it's, grabbing a couple of other things that, that work well already on the internet and putting it together. Well, if Skype's so easy, Brett, why don't you go and do it? Well, it's been done. <laughs> I, I reckon, I reckon they're going to do it. Skype wasn't even the first one of its kind. Anyway, you can find out about... No, it's not, but it's the best one of its kind. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to be able I, I to leave it. I thought I you were just going to be able to leave it. No. I couldn't. I couldn't. You can find information about that on uh, theveniceproject.com and uh, there's a blog there as well about how they're going along and, and what they're doing. Uh, so there's some websites about television. I'll put them up on boxcutters.net. You're listening to 3RRR 102.7 or rrr.org.au. Nick Taylor's coming up with Beats Electric at 8 o'clock. Ross, that was Massive Attack Again. with Angel. No, no, no. What happened was a few weeks ago I played Massive Attack Teardrop. Yes. Uh, supposedly from the West Wing, and then I got home and realised I'd played the wrong track. Oh. Right, so it's actually Angel that was played in the West Wing. It was indeed. Right. Yeah, You're... that makes like Yes, I remember that now. Mm. Yeah, I was when, confused uh, previously. When Zoe got kidnapped. Uh, uh, in, the, in the club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing in the club. Zoe got kidnapped. Yeah, and the FBI agent was coming down the stairs with his gun drawn. There was flashing strobe. It was a very cool scene. Right. And Secret Service chick on the ground with a bullet in her head. Yep. Mm. Coming up next, Nick Atea on the radio. But now it's time for pork. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. First item in pork, letters to box cutters has been relegated to next week due to time delays. Sorry, they've had to go home. But send mm. them to, uh, hooray, at boxcutters.net. Yes, I'm glad you remembered that We, one, we should actually call them emails to box cutters. I don't think we've actually ever got a letter. No, we did. We, we got a, a letter from Peter Boxcutter from Queensland. Oh, that's right. Who, who, uh, Peebo. 
who also sent you some Simpsons figurines. That's that's true. Thank you, Peter. Uh, I just I was watching the cricket today, uh, as probably evidenced by my I don't buy it KFC ramble before. Yes. Uh, Channel Nine were advertising as they do, kind of in between in between balls. They were advertising new drama that's coming up on Channel Nine. One of the ones they advertised, the Nine. Really. It's been cut. It's been axed. There's, there's, they can't show more than, I think, nine episodes. They've, they've stopped making it in the US. Yes. It's, it's not even like they made a whole series of it. So I don't know what Channel Nine's playing it. And it's a bad yeah. show. Clearly they know people aren't going to tune in. They're going to shift it to 12.30 and they'll just stop playing it. But Studio. there will be three people who like it and they will be the people who write the, the letters into the Green Guide. <laughs> yep. Uh, Studio 60 didn't write a mention at all, interestingly, given that that has been purchased by Channel 9 and has a full season. Yeah, it's clearly. It's hard to program ads for the shows you're going to show when your hair is on fire. <laughs> it's hard to do a lot of things when your hair is on fire. It is. And that's about all the uh, time for pork that we've got. Yeah, that's uh, that brings us to the end of Box Cutters yeah. episode 67. We what? just have what? to say a quick few quick things from uh, from last week's show. We asked when Letterman was starting on Channel 10. Yes. It apparently has already started. First of January. So, fantastic. Get your that's... Letterman fill. And, yeah, it is on around about the between the 11 o'clock and midnight mark. The other thing is we were discussing last week... AMC, American Movie Classics. That's right. Uh, we got a letter during the week from Scott in LA who wrote to us to say that uh, AMC plays older, sometimes classic movies. Right. With ads. And, and it stands and for American Movie Classics. So a bit like Renaissance be... TV on Channel 31 here in Melbourne. Kind of. But they're going to be making the remake of The Prisoner. So obviously they do some sort of television as well as being on television. Uh, and also last week we mentioned Brett's special fancy as far as getting around... Uh, what, what do you call them? The things to, to get around... Cloaking, device. cloaking devices. Yeah. Uh, so that you can watch... Hide your IP address so that you can watch American... Uh, streaming things. Yeah. Uh, so I've put a link to that up on the boxcutters.net blog... Uh, so if you're looking for it, you will be able to find it there now. Excellent. Thanks so much for listening to Box Cutters. We'll be back next week. My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Mm-hmm.